Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples the website is leifandnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Boo Mortensen. She'll be with us, as well as Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. It is July uh, the 18th, and on this day in 64 AD, the Great Fire of Rome broke out and destroyed much of the city. Despite the well-known stories, there's no evidence that the Roman Emperor Nero either started the fire or played the fiddle while it burned. Still, he did use the disaster to further his political agenda. Well, they all do. The fire began in the slums of uh, a district south of the legendary Palatine Hill, the area's homes burned very quickly, and the fire spread north, fueled by high winds. During the chaos of the fire, there were reports of heavy looting. <clears throat> the fire ended up raging out of control for nearly three days. Three of Rome's 14 districts were completely wiped out. Only four were untouched by the tremendous conflagration. Hundreds of people died in the fire, and many thousands <clears throat> were left homeless. Excuse me, please. <clears throat> Although popular legend holds that Emperor Nero fiddled while the city burned, this account is wrong on several accounts. First, the fiddle didn't even exist at the time. Second, Nero was well known for his talent on the lyre. He often composed his own music. More importantly, Nero actually lived 35 miles away in Antium where the, when the fire broke out. In fact, he let his palace be used as a shelter for those that didn't uh, became homeless. Legend has long uh, blamed Nero for a couple of reasons. Nero did not like the aesthetics of the city and used the devastation of the fire in order to change much of it and institute new building codes throughout the city. He also used the fire to clamp down on the growing influence of Christians in Rome. He had, uh, arrested, tortured, and executed hundreds of Christians on the pretext they had something to do with starting the fire. So correcting some of the myths about Nero. He did play the fiddle. Well, I can't count the number of times that Joe Biden has said something false about the economy. He's been busted on it several times. Sometimes it goes so atrocious that even liberal media outlets like the Washington Post give him a bottomless Pinocchio, such as for his uh, untrue claim that he cut the deficit by $1.7 trillion. But he still shows no shame and keeps repeating things that are just demonstrably untrue. He was at it again, making false claims about real wages. Right now, real wages for the average American worker is higher than it was before the pandemic, with lower uh, wage workers seeing the largest gains, he falsely claimed. That's Bidenomics. Well, that's true. Bidenomics uh, does seem to be about false claims. First, let's note the atrocious grammar. It should say real wages are higher than they were. That is, if it were true, which, of course, it's not. But uh, Twitter Community Notes was not, was not having any of this uh, build from uh, Biden. The uh, Twitty, uh, tweets claim about real wages contain a factual error. On March the 15th, 2020, when uh, U.S. COVID lockdowns began, real wages adjusted for inflation were $11.15. As of July the 16th, 23, 
Real wages are $11.05. Real wages, AFI meaning lower, not higher than before the pandemic. RNC Rapid Response Director Tom Piggott uh, explained the real wages are down 3% and uh, prices are up 16.6%. That's Bidenomics. In fact, under Biden, inflation hit high records in part because of uh, his excessive spending. Bidenomics has been defined by 40-year high inflation, record drops in labor productivity, anemic economic growth, growing credit card debt, rising interest rates, insipid labor force participation, onerous regulation, falling real incomes and runaway government spending, borrowing and printing of money, distilled down to a single word, Bidenomics means failure. They spend like drunken sailors. That's what's causing our problems. The difference, of course, is that drunk sailors go home when they run out of money, go sober up, not the government. They keep spending. And while inflation has come down, it's still higher than the the little over 1% in which Biden came in. It's now at 3%. It hit hit a 9%. 90% of voters are worried about inflation and in the economy. Biden is only a 32% approval rating when it comes to the economy, while 74% of Americans think we're going in the wrong direction under Biden. People praise the community notes instituted by Twitter owner Elon Musk for finally having something to hold politicians like Biden to accountable in real time. It certainly backfired on Biden as he got ratioed in this next week into this next week, with many explaining how they'd suffer under Bidenomics. Not exactly what Biden was hoping from the tweet. Some noted that they had to take on two or three jobs just to get by under Biden, and that's everything costs more from eggs to gas. That's Bidenomics. Well, in addition to that, budget groups continue to release dire forecasts for the explosive growth of our U.S. national debt. The U.S. Economy, uh, Treasury reported a $1.4 trillion deficit for, so far for nine months in the fiscal year 2023, three quarters into the fiscal year, and we're borrowing at an astounding $5.1 billion per day. Repeat that, $5.1 billion per day. That, according to Maya McGinnis, president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. If that isn't a sign that we need a wake-up call, maybe it should be the fact that the deficit for this fiscal year is now larger than all of last year's deficit, and there's still three months to go. The U.S. Congress Budget Office released a report earlier this year projecting the national debt will be nearly twice as large as the U.S. economy in 30 years. That's not sustainable. In the end of 2023, federal debt held by the public uh, equals 98% of GDP, the report said. Debt that rises uh, in relation to GDP it, uh, surpasses its historical high of, in 2029 when it reached 107% of GDP and climbs to 181% by 2053. CBO also reports that deficits will likely rise as well. In CBO projections, the deficit equals 5.8% of gross domestic product, in 2023, declines to 5% in 27, and then grows every year, reaching 10% in 2053, the report said. Over the past century, that level has been exceeded only during World War II and the coronavirus epidemic. The cost of interest payments on the national debt will exceed the cost of U.S. funding for national defense within a decade. In fact, the federal spending trends show interest payments on the national debt will soon be the largest expense of the federal government just paying the interest on the debt. Excuse me.
The FRFB, CRFB, said in a report released last week that by 2051, spending on interest will be the single largest line item on the federal budget, surpassing Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and all mandatory discretionary spending programs. Lawmakers have raised concerns about the issue, but a dramatic cut in spending to pay down the debt is far more, far from getting traction. They're not paying attention to it. The federal government borrowed $2 trillion over the past 12 months. That's $63,000 per second. It's delusional to think our debt doesn't matter when America's working class suffers the consequences. McGinnis also said that the trust fund for Medicare, Social Security, and highways will face insolvency within a decade. With unsustainable borrowing, rising interest rates, and looming insolvency of the trust funds that support some of our nation's most valued programs, the outlook for our fiscal health has been in decline for far too long, she said. We need to turn the tide and work towards further reduction, uh, reducing deficits, and putting the national debt on a downward, sustainable course. Of course, nothing could be further. Certainly, that is true. But uh, again, there's no traction in Congress. Uh, <clears throat> they're trying to re- reduce the expenditures down to the 2022 level, which, of course, is a minor tweak compared to the problem that we have with growing deficits. Well, Sound of Freedom is no flash in the pan. If you've not seen the movie, I strongly encourage you to do so. It is unbelievably terrific. The producer of Sound of Freedom, the anti-child trafficking drama starring Jim Cavasell, on Sunday hailed uh, the f- hit faith-based production at more than mo- uh, a movie, claiming instead it is a movement. In its second weekend, the Angel Studios phenomenon grossed $24.7 million, which is an astounding 26% increase over its de- uh, debut weekend. Currently, the movie D- uh, Disney Dump, by the way, sits at $83.2 million. Disney owned Sound of Freedom and then tried to disappear it and make it go away. Sound of Freedom uh, wrapped in 2018, more than five years ago, when Disney acquired 20, 20th Century Fox in 2019. Disney acquired Sound of Freedom, a movie that also is about to become one of the most profitable independent movies of all time. Sound of Freedom at the box office hit this year, and Disney, which has lost close to a billion dollars on its last eight feature films, just gave it up. Unbelievable. <clears throat> well, yesterday Russia attacked Ukrainian grain port one day after it announced it would no longer allow Ukraine to export its grain by sea. This is a, a big problem. Last year, the UN brokered the Black Sea Grain Initiative so that Ukraine ships could safely bypass Russia blockade and get grain to the rest of the world. Now Russia says it's pulling out of the deal because of Western sanctions. The Kremlin's uh, move could destabilize global food prices and push 47 million people worldwide into famine or hunger. Uh, EU officials are scrambling to find an alternative route by railways and other means through Eastern Europe. In the meantime, apparently the EU and the United States are going to be fine. The problem is... Uh, places like Africa, where they really depend on the breadbasket of Europe there in Ukraine uh, to receive uh, food. China State said the newspaper Global Times on Sunday called it a a regime observers widely pessimistic and expecting no concrete progress as President Joe Biden's special climate envoy, John Kerry, landed in Beijing for talks to address the alleged climate crisis. 
The Global Times undermined Kerry's impact before he held a meeting on Monday with China's top environmental official intended to expand discussions of what the two countries can do to cut carbon emissions. China has formally vowed to increase its carbon emissions as an obligation to the Paris Climate Agreement. That's right, increase its carbon emissions, which Biden formally rejoined the uh, climate agreement, of course, when he became president. His predecessor, former President Donald Trump, walked out of the Paris Agreement on the grounds that it was hostile to American enterprise and unfairly distributed climate responsibilities among its signatories. In an editorial on Sunday, the Global Times insisted cooperation with America on climate change was impossible without taking into consideration other critical political topics, such as China's human rights atrocities and crimes against the United States, prominently including intellectual property theft and espionage. We'll be talking about that in a little while with Seat Motley. Uh, China's dominance on solar panel manufacturers has proven a particular point of dispute uh, due to China's insistence on using slaves in manufacturing polysilicon, critical for the development of uh, photovoltaic technology. Reports last year followed the implementation of the Uyghur uh, Forced Labor Protection Act and revealed the American companies attempting to import solar panels were struggling to find products from China they could prove were not built by slaves. So you see this envoy, uh, uh, this is, uh, again, Kerry going over to China. Basically, he's trying to smooth the path to bring more solar panels into the United States and distribute it globally so we can use this alternative energy. I don't know if you remember this. The other day I had a story that uh, uh, there was hail, I believe it was in Arkansas, the size of softballs and totally destroyed over 90% of the panels in about five minutes. So there are some uh, hazards for these panels. And uh, I was uh, watching yesterday uh, a film. Uh, it was, I think it was produced in Canary Islands. And uh, it showed the windmills. <laughs> they weren't working. Some were, many weren't. So this whole thing is a charade. It's just unbelievable. I'm talking about alternative energy sources. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. She is a former... Uh, radio personality in Madison, Wisconsin, a resident here in the Paradise Coast. Always looked forward to her commentary. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website 
website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Now it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, it's my pleasure, Bob, and it's so fascinating how... After all these years, people are still so intrigued by the Titanic that, you know, they had that submersible that just went down two weeks ago and, of course, killed everybody. Uh, but there were many, seven very, very famous people that were supposed to be on the uh, sailing ship and on the Titanic and for one reason or another ended up not going and you almost wonder when they heard that the Titanic had sunk, if they, you know, went out and drank a bottle of scotch to celebrate. Uh, it's just, it's fascinating what serendipity is. That's such an interesting story. I've read that as well. Uh, I've read a lot, you know, there's conspiracy theories about the Titanic all over the place. Did you, uh, did the people that didn't go, these famous people, did they have anything in common, or do you know anything, the backstory no, about... No, I'll, I'll give you the names. The fun, one is Milton Hershey, who founded Hershey's Chocolate, uh-huh. and he even sent the White Star Line uh, a $300 check, but he ended up sailing business, pressing business matters, forced him to cut his vacations short, hmm. so he went earlier on a German liner called the America, and that shipping line later warned the Titanic about the dangerous amounts of ice in wow. the ocean. So he made it safe. J.P. Morgan uh-huh. had a personal suite on the Titanic, went to the launch party, but he decided to uh, extend his vacation because he was purchasing a lot of artwork and did not... Um, did not sail on the ship. 
Hmm. And JP he had Morgan. reserved a suite. Wow. Interesting. And it is not going. Marconi, the Nobel Prize winner who invented the radio. Yeah. He decided to go to the U.S. three days earlier on the Lusitania because he did not like the ship's stenographer on the Titanic. Huh. And he was offered a free ticket aboard the Titanic. That is so interesting. Have you... you know, Henry Frick, who was the chairman of the Carnegie Steel Company, missed it because his wife sprained her ankle and needed to be hospitalized. Hospitalized. Wow. So, you know, Vanderbilt canceled his ticket. <clears throat> he was going to go on the Titanic, canceled at the last minute. Later on, <clears throat> went on the Lusitania, and that ship was sunk by the German U-boats in 1950. Yeah. 15. Isn't that so interesting, Boo? I mean, the, uh, the stories that I've heard, I, I don't have the material in front of me, but uh, also uh, I've read that... Uh, this has something to do with the Fed, the sinking of the Titanic. Have you heard this at all? That uh, no, the the Fed I think was founded in 1913, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, I I can't remember the story behind it, so I don't want to spread false rumors. But the the point being is that somehow, some way, there was some sort of a conspiracy, a thoughtful conspiracy about this. And I understood that there was a sister ship to the Titanic, which didn't sail. I don't know the details of it, but it's a, it's, it's a very interesting story. Yeah, there probably is a lot of intrigue. Um, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just fascinating. And all these, I mean, Vanderbilt, J.P. Morgan, yeah. Frick. I mean, these are, you ask if they had anything in common. They were all captains of the industry, of American industry. Right. Absolutely. And uh, very wealthy people. And uh, that's such a, thanks for reminding me about this. I've got to investigate this. Uh, my, my wife, Linda, has actually looked into it quite a bit, so maybe we can continue the conversation with her a little bit later in the show. But it's so fascinating, Boo. What do you think about this uh, uh, This submarine, this mini submarine that went down. Well, do you know that there were actually other people invited to go on that as well, and they turned it down. Think what they must be thinking. And how about the guy that insisted that his son join him on the on the trip? Can you imagine? No. No. I you know, it's something that I, I just could never imagine doing. I can go up but I can't go down. I mean I to go under the water and to have all those thousands of pounds of pressure, yeah. and it's dark and spooky and scary and so foreign. Could you do it? I don't think I could go in. God, they, then they bolt you in. Oh, gosh. I, I must be claustrophobic. I couldn't do it. Well, uh, have you had claustrophobia before? No. I can recall being in Germany, and we're going up kind of a steeple, a very narrow uh, space, uh, a winding staircase going up, and all of a sudden I had this closed-in feeling. Boo, was a, it's the only time I've ever experienced it, but I can tell you I had this real extreme fury, uh, feeling of fright and uh, danger. And I, Of course, I was in line with a bunch of people. I couldn't move. <laughs> I could, couldn't do anything about it. just had to see my way through it, but it was a frightening experience. Oh, yuck. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, to your point, though, uh, and, and then the aftermath on this thing, how they demonstrated 
this this thing could not survive. It, it defied the rules of physics. Uh, all, everything about it just it's, was going to demonstrate that it was uh, doomed for failure. It just uh, the way it was built, the use, use of multi metal metals, the use of this joystick from a toy from from a, a game, a computer yeah. game. It's it's just so sad that, that what happened to these people. Well, it really is, and you'd think that if somebody would have had some hesitation, go, God, I don't know, maybe their desire to explore the unknown, to get out there ahead with what so few people have been able to do, Yeah, maybe that's such a strong aphrodisiac that they they knew that there were, well, of course they knew that there were risks, there, but they were risk takers by nature. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting thing. We know so much more about the galaxies and about uh, what's going, uh, to your point, going up than what going down. We know so little about our oceans. I mean, it surrounds uh, four-fifths of our Earth. And yet uh, the knowledge that we have about what what's below the uh, surface of the Earth or uh, down in the oceans is minimal, the the information we have. Well, I think we've been to the moon more often that we've been, than we've been down to, like, say, that Mariana Trench. Yeah. Um, yes, you're right. We don't know. I guess it's easier to go up than it is to go down. Well, we certainly should have some curiosity about what's going on in the oceans because it's so important to, I mean, we talk about climate change. Uh, the oceans affect us so much more than uh, these uh, nonsense ideas, nonsensical ideas about uh, climate change and alternative energies and uh, carbon dioxide. The uh, the oceans, uh, we came from the oceans, and so they sustain us. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, they do. Um, could you go down? Would you do it if you were offered a uh, uh, a ticket on a submersible? Would you do it? Well, if it were, uh, if were, you mean a little thing like like that they designed and, and go down to something like that, absolutely not. Would I be interested in taking a submarine ride, You like a naval submarine? I, I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. Just, I don't know. It's interesting how we each have different kinds of phobias. It's true. I mean, but it kind of freaks you out, huh? I want to point out to our listeners that, that may not be aware that Boo has done some really interesting thing or things in her life, like skydiving, uh, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, for example. So you're you're kind of a well, you're an adventurer. Well, I am, but it's you know it's you know flying out of a plane is not a calculated risk. You know, it's just plain stupid. I think you're rolling the dice. You're hoping your chute opens. Um, luckily mine did, yeah. and then I went up and did it again. You did. Wow. I did, yeah. But, you know, it, it's there's something different about, you know, mountain climbing uh, than, you know, you have some control over what you're doing. When you're in a submersible, I don't know, it's sort of like being in a plane. It's, you know, it's way beyond your control. Right. And I love to fly. Well, you know, the, uh, do you have a pilot's license? No, but I started to get one, and then I thought, are you crazy? I'm too flaky to have a pilot's license. <laughs> well, I can tell you, it's just uh, it's so interesting uh, that uh, I recall having to, in uh, New Mexico, uh, they had this thing that uh, we're supposed to jump off of a cliff, you know, with it, it uh, was one of these 
group bonding types of things or it's anyhow i have fear of heights so <laughs> i obsessed about this for the longest period of time about jumping off of this this cliff hundreds of feet uh, above the uh the water and uh so but i did it and after i did it i had such a feeling of exhilaration it was just incredible to ride down that uh, that feet at that that line and uh get to the other end it was just incredible well, I know it. it's because you've overcome your fear and you've done it. So there really is a euphoria in conquering a deep-seated fear. I think most people have a fear of heights. I'm not sure it isn't an inborn fear. Do you know what the fear the, of falling? The, the number one fear of people that people have falling. Uh, public speaking. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> well, I I remember the story of a guy who was a really great salesman. He always made sure that he came in second. And uh, it, wh why did you do that? Well, because uh, the guy that comes in first has to go uh, give speeches around the area and tell people how he did it. And I just don't want to talk in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> that's the extent that people go to in order to avoid that kind of a situation. Yeah, and that's, you know, and it, but again, you know, I used to do a lot of public speaking, and it's something that you, you know, it's probably like playing golf in front of people. You know, I'm, I'm not sure I could ever play golf like the pro golfers do in front of thousands of people. I think it's something that you get used to. The more you do it, the more comfortable you feel with it. And you develop a, a higher level of confidence in your ability. I think that's right, Boo. You know, the way to learn to play the flute, of course, is to play the flute. <laughs> you, have to, you, have to, you have to do it in order to feel comfortable with it. Boo Mortensen, it's always a pleasure to get your thoughts and ideas about what's going on. I hadn't thought about uh, the Titanic, but I can look back into my notes and see if I can find out some yep. interesting things about all the All the people that dodged the bullet. Absolutely. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure. Uh, all right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
You're a valued professional RN. There's a path that takes you to the next level. Hodges University offers an RN to BSN program that, like you, is way above average. RNs with a BSN have a faster track to pursuing leadership positions and can see faster hourly rate increases than those with an ASN. You can earn your BSN with Hodges in just one year. Classes are online and start in August. Scholarships are available. Become the next level nursing professional. Do more. Earn more. Be more. Visit Hodges.edu today. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, Seton. I hope you are. I am. Thank you. Excellent. Tell us about Less Government. I can't. We're not doing it. Um, it, We exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's not happening. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, we see our debt going up. We see the expansion of government incredibly. And it seems like everybody says they're going to do something, but they never do. And it's very frustrating. So, see, you wrote a great piece. I look forward to the discussion. You can't have semiconductor production without patent protection. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, you know, and uh, there, there's an article I, I quote from liberally and cite in the in the uh, and I, I, the name of the, uh, the guy escapes me at the moment. This was not I, this was kind of in the back of my head, and then I found this article and it left to the fore, obviously. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was an, it was a short article, and it basically said, you know, we've got this push now. We realize we, chi- you know, China making more more most of our semiconductors which, of course, are the chips that make everything computer possible, which obviously is a fundamental component of modern life. Um, most of them come from China, yeah. and we're trying to re- reestablish semiconductor manufacture here in the United States. Right. Meanwhile, so we, you know, we passed that bill, which had $50 billion to you know, kickstart domestic production, but also had $318 billion of complete scam, sham, waste, you know, D.C. did what D.C. does. Right. They take a, a kernel of a good idea and just destroy it. Um, and and so we're trying to do that. Meanwhile, in 2011, we fundamentally under, D.C. fundamentally undermined uh, intellectual property protection, patent protection, with the perversely named America Invents Act. So the money's almost entirely wasted because what do you do when you invent a new semiconductor chip? You want to patent it. Of course. Well, the U.S. has made it less and less attractive to, to, to establish an, a, and hold a patent in the United States. China watched what we were doing and made it easier and easier to, to patent and protect things in China. Now, I know that sounds uh, antithetical to reality, but what they're doing is if you patent something somewhere else, of course, China will steal you blind. Right. Part of the part of the incentive package they're offering to inventors is if you invent it here, we won't steal it. Hmm. If you invent it here and manufacture it here, 
we won't steal it from you. If you make, if you make, if you, if you uh, manufacture, if you invent it in the U.S., if you invent it somewhere else besides China, we'll steal it from you. And so, I mean, they've been stealing on average, and, and of course the numbers are hard to pin down. But the the generally accepted st- uh, number is they steal six hundred billion dollars a year of intellectual property just from the United States. Wow. And and so so. We have this weird mix uh, message uh, from D.C., which is, oh, we have to, we have to reestablish semiconductor manufacturing. Here's, here's $50 billion. Meanwhile, no one's going to take that money and invest it in the way they want because once they invent a new semiconductor chip, they, they don't want to patent it here because the D.C.'s made it so much less attractive to patent new inventions here. Let's just throw money at it. Let's not set the tables and make sure that we can <laughs> follow through. Right. It's just, right, right. it's so unbelievable, Seton. I just really appreciate your commentary on this topic. I, I want to encourage our listeners to uh, go to lessgovernment.org. That's the website, lessgovernment.org. You can read this column. Again, uh, you can't uh, have semiconductor production without patent protection. Seton's absolutely right about this. Uh, you can also visit uh, Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden, find out what's on her mind. And she uh, knows a lot about what's happening, uh, not only locally, but also uh, around the globe. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Gain the skills you want so you'll be in demand by employers. That's what Hodges University's workforce readiness is all about. Choose your specialty from EV technician, automation, robotics, real estate, insurance, and electronics to programming boot camps, supply chain management, and more. These classes are online, affordable, and focused on what you need to know. Learn more today by visiting Hodges.edu and clicking on Workforce Readiness. Because with Hodges University, you'll stay near and go far. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. 
and they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife and very well informed of what's happening around the globe and also here in the United States and in the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, oh, I, I have a problem here. Say it again. Say Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. You didn't turn my mic on. <laughs> no, I, I'm pushing the wrong knob here. <laughs> so <laughs> I couldn't understand that strange sound that was coming out. So, uh, by the way, you're writing, I saw that you wrote another column, Greetings from Paradise. Yeah, you know, news is breaking around the Paradise Coast, so it's kind of fun to get back in the saddle again and, and, and let people know what's going on when they're not here. Yeah, if you check out uh, my website, bobharden.com, and go to... Uh, uh, greetings from Paradise. You'll find Linda's past columns there, and uh, she's quite a following. So uh, she's a very entertaining writer, but also very informative as well. So, but I want to talk to you about some other things that are going on. Uh, Turning Point uh, USA had a, a, a conference this weekend. I thought it was absolutely terrific. Between six to eight thousand people attended. That was record-breaking. That's in Palm Turn- Beach. Yeah. Yeah, West Palm Beach, and um, they had a lineup of speakers. I didn't. I don't think I missed one. Yeah. I even watched Asa Hutchinson, which was painful. <laughs> yeah. Because Byron he is Donald's, so boring. And Byron Donalds did a great job. Byron was awesome. He was, I mean, if people are, are touting his name to be um, on the ticket with Donald Trump, which is, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, in any event, uh, I was most impressed. Now, Donald Trump wasn't there, of course, but I was most impressed uh, with, well, I'm going to say two names, Ramaswamy. And Tucker Carlson. What you mean at Turning Point? Yeah. Well, Donald Trump was there. Oh, he, oh, that's right. He gave a two. He gave a, he gave a ninety minute <clears throat> speech. Yeah, it was the uh, Iowa thing that. Uh, right, the, the Iowa thing, which <clears throat> which Tucker Carlson was at too, and he interviewed. Um, that was put on the, by the Blaze Glenn Beck's uh, uh, broadcast network. Yeah. And that was. Both days were absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Couldn't get enough of it. Um, it uh, Tucker Carlson managed to um, slam the door on at least two presidential candidates on Friday. It was it was just awesome. And oh, by the way, I just saw that uh, Mike Pence surfaced after his um, tough weekend. Oh boy, <laughs> he was supposed to be on Fox and Friends. Of course, I I won't watch that anymore. But um, I'll look to see if he had any tidbits to say on social media later. But but both days were nonstop red pills, and what I mean by red pills are truth bombs about what's going on. And and the deep state. Um, Steve Bannon was awesome at the end. Did the the keynote at. Um, on Saturday and did a mic drop moment. He was he was absolutely awesome. I will say this: uh, Tucker Carlson in Iowa. He interviewed, I think, the candidates that were there uh, for 25 minutes. The questions were tailor made to their campaigns. I thought it was extremely informative and helpful in terms of making judgment about those those uh, candidates in juxtaposition to these debates that the. Uh, that they're lining up. And usually it's uh, you talk for two minutes and then you get asked questions. You'd have very little time to talk, very hard to make good judgments. It, it seems so orchestrated and, and uh, phony, quite frankly, in my opinion. Well, and, the, and these presidential <coughs> candidates uh, have their own unique styles. Yeah. Let me just bring up Tim Scott for a brief moment. He decided it was a good idea to get a, after Tucker Carlson. Instead of having a one-on-one with Tucker Carlson, he decided he was going to go walk around and talk after each question. 
I didn't like that. I, yeah, I thought it was immature. I thought it was phony. Yeah. Um, he, he turned me... I, I'm sure... Uh, Tim Scott's a very nice guy, and he's been a good senator. But that whole that whole situation he did with Tucker Carlson just turned me off to him. And if uh, in a, if he didn't see this, it was, it was really quite informative. Uh, Nick, Nikki Haley got up and talked, and uh, while she had uh, some charisma and she had some style, and she handled Tucker and the situation well, uh, she was speaking in. Uh, epithets and speaking in uh, it was all kind of memorized lines as opposed to really speaking from the heart and and, and thoughtfully right and I, I that's one thing I was surprised by that that interview Tucker did with Nikki Haley he didn't ask her about Ukraine and she's a neocon up yeah. one side and down the other good point in fact I think <laughs> he made it so difficult for the first two candidates and I'm talking about Mike Pence and Asa, Asa Hutchinson oh boy that uh, I think she, he decided to kind of see if we could <laughs> <laughs> lift the spirits a little bit of these candidates. You know what? You know what, though, too. Um, to your point about being in this style as opposed to the debate style, mm-hmm. uh, Tucker asked them questions that they wouldn't normally get. Yeah, and they struggled. Yeah, I mean, Asa Hutchinson was tap dancing all over the place. Tim Scott didn't answer several of Tucker's questions, particularly about Ukraine yeah. and, and what was going on. And then there was Mike Pence, who did an absolute deep... I, he was oh, asked, well, what about the American people? I, I'm cutting to the chase here. What about the American people? He said, I don't care about that. <laughs> Not my concern. Not my concern is what he said. Anyhow, a, a great conference, very ener- uh, ener- uh, very energetic and very enthusiasm. And it, uh, it, was so, enthusiastic. it was so informative. It was so informative indeed. So uh, I really so think uh, that what they're doing at Turning Point USA and his organization, he's doing a great job. Can I just say, too, about Turning Point USA, which was held, as you mentioned, in Palm Beach, several of the presidential candidates were there. Asa Hutchinson had the nerve to show up after his his horrible performance on Friday. Who wasn't there? Mike Pence? Yeah. Ron DeSantis? Yeah. That was a shocker. Yeah. That was a shocker to me that Ron DeSantis, in his own state, didn't bother to turn up at Turning Point. Now, he, he was at the, in Iowa, and he had some things that he was doing. I don't care. Guess, yeah. guess who else? I mean, Asa Hutchinson, yeah. who is at 0.0%, flew in for it. I mean... You know, uh, Mike Pence may not qualify for the Republican uh, debate. Oh, that's... I, you know what? He doesn't have enough contributors, and uh, his, his campaign Except is Except for quite, David Koch. Yeah, his campaign is not going well. Asa Hutchinson's campaign, of course, is not going well. Uh, DeSantis, uh, he's a great governor. I love Ron DeSantis. He's doing a great job. But quite frankly, uh, I hope he get he learns from this experience in running this campaign because so far, it's been a dud. Well, he's dropped to fourteen percent. Yeah. I mean, Trump is like over sixty percent now. DeSantis had dropped 14%. Here's the problem with Ron DeSantis, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he decided it was a good idea to follow the uh, the leadings of this big money donor, supposed donors who ended up not contributing, at, at and, and ended up saying, or, or telling untruths about what was going on with his money-making um, campaign, which was untrue. He yeah. said he was getting all his money from small money donors, which he was not. He transferred $83 million from his gubernatorial campaign, which he had left over, into his president, and then touted that that's, that's new donors. You know, it's so, so interesting that you say that, because when I was watching these uh, 
presidential candidates, it was pretty obvious who's funding their campaigns by the rhetoric and what they were saying. Uh, well, and, and that's why I like uh, Donald Trump so much is because all of his donors are small donors. They're, he, I don't know if he's received any kind of corporate donations at all. But, no, well. But the important thing is that uh, he can't be bought. And he, Tim Scott, I love Tim Scott. He's great. But, you know, he, there's a lot of uh, military industrial complex stuff going on in South Carolina. Right. And uh, he, he, did, he was tap dancing around the whole Ukraine situation. So, uh, obviously, to appease, I think, uh, the military industrial complex. Well, there was one... one uh, <clears throat> post on social media yesterday which i thought was interesting they um they indicated there were three branches of government one was raytheon one was uh, <laughs> one was pharmaceutical companies and one was something else yeah and and it pretty much pretty much tells it all it does there's so much influence and influence peddling going on in washington dc it's really a shame linda we need to take a little break can you stick around Oh, where where am I going? Uh, I, I, not... Okay, we're going to do that more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. ask yourself why people are the way they are. If you're fascinated by human behavior and you want to make a career of it, you know where you need to start? Hodges University with a bachelor's degree in applied psychology. Your professors are practicing professionals that bring your classes to life with live chat discussions and various projects. You know, having a deeper understanding of what motivates people can lead to careers in counseling, sales, human resources. Your passion can be your career. So get started today. What are you waiting for? Visit Hodges.edu or stop by their campus in Fort Myers. They're at the corner of Colonial and Winkler. Because with Hodges University, you're going to stay near and go far. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Lulabee's Diner, one of my favorites for breakfast and lunch, right there in the Green Tree Shopping Center, is now serving dinner Wednesday through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m., and Linda and I just enjoy it so much. It's informal, it's inexpensive, a great menu, great food, and uh, you can enjoy it uh, again Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. at Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We continue the conversation with Linda Harden. Again, Linda, thank you so much for joining us. You know, I was thinking on the on your break about a couple things real quick, and one is um, that tomorrow um, it's going to be must-see TV with those hearings. With the whistleblowers and this new oh. and this new FBI whistleblower that that has come out, according to John Solomon, who is corroborating the whistleblowers, the the um, IRS whistleblower statements. The whistleblower said, "I don't know if you've already reported that, so forgive me for repeating, but I just think it's a, it's a blockbuster because um, um, they, they, he's saying that they were they were told about Hunter Biden um, and the situation and." They were told to back off and not talk to Hunter Biden. It's going to be, you know, this is this is really blockbuster yeah. um, information. It, it's uh, like I said, the the deep state and all these people who are covering all this stuff up are playing whack-a-mole now because because all this stuff is surfacing and they can't they can't stop it. It's so interesting that the Justice Department, the FBI, everybody's complicit in covering up for Joe Biden and uh, Hunter Biden. I mean, uh, he's he's a flake. He's a cokehead, uh, but what he's the, the the problem, he, and he should go to jail for it. I, I'm not for being a cokehead, but for uh, for the crimes that he's committed. But the important thing is our our president of the United States has compromised uh, our foreign policy, has compromised so much with regard to uh, other countries, and apparently the number is now exceeding thirty or forty million dollars in bribes and and uh, kickbacks. That, that's what we know about, and and. Um uh, James Comer um, has not even come up with all the bank rec- records yet. So that that's supposed, some of that, more of that is supposed to be um, exposed this week. So it'll be interesting. So um, you asked me what I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to talk about The Sound of Freedom, yeah. the movie that is um, they made five or six years ago, and they couldn't, everybody was blocking it. Disney had it, and they put it on the shelf because they didn't want it out. Right. Um, now by Wednesday, it's supposed to be making $85 million dollars Trump is doing a screening of The Sound of Freedom on Wednesday at his Bedminster um, club where he lives during the summer, uh, it's, which is amazing. But the story I wanted to tell, which is one that Tim Ballard told at um, Turning Point mm-hmm. uh, this weekend, which was... He now, has, he's the guy that, that literally... That the movie is made about. The movie is made and about. It's a, and, and the movie is a true story. Yes. I mean, it's only one. And oh, by the way, let me just stick in here for a second, that the United States is the number one country where this, the, these crimes are being committed, where the, where the trafficking... We're the, the number one... Uh, in other words, we exceed the market in all other countries around the globe in pedophile and, and tra- child trafficking. And you know, all this stuff's talking about whack-a-mole. The stuff about this child trafficking is so evil and so worldwide. Yeah. That that so what what I wanted to to bring up was the fact that uh, Tim Ballard's uh, organization, which he started, Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, 
was getting is getting funding from all these organizations, whatever years ago for for child trafficking. Um, to but, prevent child trafficking. Pre- to prevent child trafficking. He, by the way, Tim Ballard was even on 60 Minutes several years ago, highlighting what what he was doing. And now they've just turned their back on him. So there were a thousand donors. Uh, but t- Tim Ballard had met with Trump while he was in the White House. Trump had called him in when he found out about what was going on, and so he had this meeting with Trump, and uh, a thousand of his donors to this Operation Underground. Railroad, which focuses on rescuing these little children from from trafficking. These donors, once they found out that Tim Ballard was talking to Donald Trump, they yanked their support for Operation Operation Underground Railroad. So, so the the board of directors at Operation Underground Railroad, OUR, said to Tim Ballard, "Well, you need to call these donors and try and get them back." And Tim Ballard said, "Feldman, what was the reason why they why they left?" And when he found out, he says, "Nope, I'm not calling them. I'm not calling them." Yeah, which which speaks volumes. And and about this, his character. Well, this 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 child trafficking thing is horrific. Well, I it's like worldwide. Just, I like to just underscore the fact that the Department of Justice uh, removed from their website information they had about child trafficking as a problem in the United States in May. Just coincidental with this movie coming out. So let's see. Let's draw a target on our back just to see. Let's pay attention. Yeah, I know. I mean, how, how, stupid. how stupid can the? I mean, these people. Ha- well, they're desperate. Yeah. They're they're desperate now. And and uh, all this stuff that's surfacing about J.P. Morgan having to pay two hundred ninety million dollars to Epstein's uh, Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Mm-hmm. That J.P. Uh, Morgan was in cahoots with Jeffrey Epstein and Epstein's Island. Um, the 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 list that we still don't have of all the the people that um, went on to Epstein Islands of um, uh, elected officials and and whatnot important people um, they're trying to cover this up like crazy and there's so much coming out on this it is you can't I mean. It's like the worst horrible movie you could ever possibly make about what's going on in this country. Totally disgusting. I want to just encourage our listeners, if you haven't seen uh, The Sound of Freedom, it is a terrific movie. It's a true story, and it's it's not about... Uh, the the story in and of itself is just a wonderful story, and the side effect of the the, uh, movie, of course, is to highlight the problem of child trafficking in the United States and uh, around the globe, and uh, certainly increasing your awareness, and may- it actually makes you want to do something about it. So, but, and, and by the way, Tim Ballard, um, I, I told you the story last week about when he went undercover. He has to go undercover in all of these situations yeah. where he rescues children. And I told you the one about the orphanage, quote unquote, orphanage in Haiti, yeah, where where he ended up. Um, he had to go buy these children. Yeah. Well, and, and he ended up adopting them. Yeah. It, was, it yeah, amazing was amazing story. Linda, I just really appreciate your contribution here to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for all the time. All right. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests for tomorrow's show. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. We'd appreciate that, and so would our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>